Hi, and welcome back to Game Time Podcast with your hosts, Alex Rubinson and Shai Black. The Super Bowl has come and gone. The Kansas City Chiefs, for the first time in 50 years, are raising the Vince Lombardi Trophy. Obviously, we're now a month removed from the Super Bowl, but we're going to talk maybe how did the Super Bowl win or lose affect legacies of some of these players and coaches. So we'll briefly discuss that, but mainly we're going to be talking about our free agency predictions, expectations. Obviously, it's the year of the quarterback. So let's get right into it because it's game game time. time. So congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs, obviously, for the first time in my lifetime and for the first time in a lot of Chiefs fans' lifetime, finally raising and hoisting that Vince Lombardi trophy, winning the Super Bowl for only the second time in franchise history. Uh, you got to feel good for their um, the fans that have kind of been with them, and then also Andy Reid. Yeah, this is definitely going to cement his place in Canton, and I think... For good reason. He's been one of the most successful coaches I believe of this he, era. And I, I think that Super Bowl just puts the icing on the cake, if you will. Go ahead. I believe he's sixth all-time in wins. Like, people, I guess all, coaching the Belichick era hasn't helped him. But wins or win percentage? I thought it was wins. It could be both. but I, I, I'm just wondering. Just clarifying. But I think it doesn't help that he's kind of coached in this Belichick era, in this era of dominance for Belichick and Brady and the Patriots. But his accomplishments have largely gone you know, overlooked because there's always the, well, he hasn't had a Super Bowl or he can't win the big game or he chokes in the postseason. So I think finally, you know, getting that that Super Bowl ring and just the the idea that he can now say, I am a Super Bowl champion. Now, he was a Super Bowl champion with the Packers as a position coach, but knowing that he, in my opinion, was already a Hall of Famer. Now I think we could potentially talk about first ballot. Yeah, definitely will go down as one of the greater coaches that we've seen, especially in this um, new era um, of, of, of the NFL. So, yeah, he when you think legacy and how this game affected different people's legacy, you can't go, you can't talk about any one person without starting without starting the conversation no. with Andy Reid. You know, he went to the Super Bowl with Philly, couldn't get it done. And just, you know, you see how he built Kansas City back up. He built Philly. He's one of the more successful coaches that we've seen. And I think hopefully he gets more recognition for it just because, you know, we've all seen how much of a genius Belichick is. It's kind of taken away for some of the great, um, some of the great coaching that Andy Reid himself has done. So... Now let's go to the other coach, Kyle Shanahan, because, you know, the Super Bowl loss wasn't all on him. You know, I think a lot of people forgot. He designed a tremendous play where he had Emmanuel Sanders open for the for what at the time would have been the go-ahead touchdown, and Jimmy Garoppolo just missed him. Now, that's not on Kyle Shanahan. You know, he he can't throw the ball. He can't catch the ball. He can only design the plays and the players have to execute. Jimmy Garoppolo did not execute there. At the same time, though, this is his second time coaching an offense where that offense and that team has lost a a lead in the fourth quarter. How do you think this affects his legacy? Because he's well, still one of the better coaches in our game right and, now, but this will obviously that'll take a hit in terms of how we perceive him. Right, because that Super Bowl, you know, loss. Not even you can't even call it a loss. It's almost like a 
a humiliating loss to the Patriots there. Obviously not the head coach, but a big part of that uh, offensive scheme and the offensive coordinator. So I think those are two kind of big stains on his his record. Now he's a young guy. I'm sure they'll be, I hope, for, for his sake, sake yeah. that he gets back there at some point. I think he will, but you never know, of course. Um, and I, I just... You know, I my opinion, I think he should have won Coach of the Year over Harbaugh. I agree. But just um, because of the job he's done that turned this team around, that running attack and all of his creative schemes, especially, you know, with guys like uh, Debo Samuel and just... Kittle used, and Sanders and, and all those guys. How right. he used them, really, you could see first... Getting kind of, up below comfortable with those, by, by kind of working around with those other skilled players. And I think that was really great. Um, and it made the offense really successful. Um, I have a question for you. Yeah. You know, he called a solid game in the Super Bowl, but in that play to Sanders, it was a great call. They just didn't execute. How much of an impact or how much do you put this loss on the head coach, knowing that it was there for the taking and the players couldn't execute, but at the same time, they had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter after... It looked like the Chiefs were going to drive down and cut the lead. They get the interception with about seven minutes remaining. They have the ball. It's a two-score game. How much do you put on Shanahan, who no longer is the offensive coordinator, but he's now the head coach? So that's a great point you just made about him not being offensive coordinator, being a head coach. So the schemes obviously worked. We saw that. You pointed that out. And I think the thing to look at, and I honestly part of this, I think the defense, people are going to maybe give a little too much blame to the defense. But I think they actually did a good job keeping them intact. For Mahomes least, did not look good for about really three quarters. Now I'd say even for half of the fourth quarter, he he threw the you know, and it wasn't all his fault. The second interception, but really for about three and a half quarters, he was not himself. Yeah, so I think I give the cre- I actually give credit. I mean, I know they let up what thirty thirty one points. Thirty point. It was thirty one to twenty. That yeah, was the so final score. Thirty one points. So. I mean, I, I actually think they had a good job, but you look at it, well, maybe their offense should have capitalized more when, when you know, Mahomes was, you know, still str- was struggling back in the other three quarters to try and, you know, make that leap larger. But, I mean, the Chiefs' defense held strong. You can give them credit for that. But I think you turn to the, uh, the biggest aspect, it's leadership. In the critical moments of the game, can you galvanize your team? Can you rally the troops? And, and, can, and can you get them... Put them in the best position to win. Now you can argue, yes, he did that. The execution may not have been there. I think that's a de- there's certainly an argument to be made. In my opinion, I think he's shown his leadership by getting them to this point. But at a certain point, it all comes down to the quarterback. And if the quarterback did not the get the plays, job done, I think you can make an argument that maybe the leadership isn't fantastic, but. I think I think if they're this There's far, it's gotta there. be it's gotta be good enough. And also, you just kind of see the players seem to really. No one expected them to be there in the first place. You gotta give them credit. And for also, that. the players I I feel like throughout the year seem to really gravitate towards him and Robert Salon, that entire coaching staff. So it just seemed like he the players felt like he had their back, and he kind of had and just I felt like he did a good job of obviously getting them there, but then also. Just, I'm kind of blanking on the word, but just kind of making sure they're in the right places to succeed. 
And again, the he head, put them in a good position to win. The head coach can only do so much, and we even forget, you know, all, maybe his time management wasn't great at the end of the uh, first half. But remember, Jimmy Garoppolo threw a perfect pass to George Kittle. They were in position to kick a, at, at the very least a field goal at, to close out the first half. But then there was the atrocious offensive pass interference, which that's another thing that um. That I don't know, I don't even don't even get me started on the offensive right. um, pass interference uh, being reviewed, but that was another thing. Remember, you know, the clock management w- wasn't great at the end of the half, but due to some of his play calling he, and a great play by Garoppolo, he, they were in position to score again, and because of a, in my opinion, bad call by the refs. That kind of stole at least three, maybe even seven from the Niners. Yeah, I I think at this point, I don't. My opinion, I I don't put the loss on him. I I put it on just. I think it's. I I I don't know if I want to put it solely on Garoppolo, but I think a lot of it. It's got to go on his shoulders. you got to make those plays in the key moments. Now, he showed that he could do so. That's another legacy I want to get to, though. I remember that Saints game, first was great. That's another legacy I want to go to. Obviously, Garoppolo is very young, and he still has most of his career ahead of him. But I do want to say, what the hell? The one knock on, was, on Jimmy Garoppolo was, in a playoff game or in a crucial game with his team down late, can he drive him down the field and score? He showed that against the Saints. Against the Cardinals, you know he had shown that in big moments he can win and he can get his team down the field. But I was there's something still in the back of my mind saying, can he do it in the Super Bowl? Can he do it in the postseason? And because they just physically dominated the Vikings and Packers, we hadn't really gotten a chance to really see him you know, have to be the vocal point of the yeah, offense. And that makes that because of people were kind of you know criticizing. I'm criticizing him, but kind of saying like. They were very skeptical. They were skeptical. I say skeptical. Because the the game plan didn't call for him to throw the ball more than eight times against the Packers. Right. But they were still skeptical, saying he'll obviously have to throw the ball more than eight, probably, you know, that times four, possibly, in the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Can he get the job done? And, you know, he had a really bad interception early in the game that led to, I believe, a field goal for the Chiefs. And just kind of, when the game at, he got into near midfield, so he started off on a decent note, but when the game mattered and he had to make a big play, that's that's kind of what separates like the men from the boys. Super Bowl, two-minute drill. Can you lead your team down the field to win the game? And it was there for the taking. Sanders was open. It's a throw that Garoppolo probably can make more times than not, and an NFL quarterback probably should be able to make that play. And just, I don't know if the moment was too big for him and he got kind of the, you know, jitters. But he just wasn't able to come out and make the throw that I think if he had made that throw or if he had led the team on that drive and they won the game, I think then we're all looking at Garoppolo from a, hey, this guy is for real. You know, I think he has time. He's young, but... This won't define his career or... This probably won't define his career, uh, especially if he goes on another run and succeeds. But for the time being, especially because we have like this recency bias and like fresh, you know, fresh in our minds, I think 
when we think of Jimmy Garoppolo, we're going to think, eh, he didn't get it done. Yeah, let's not harp on this too much. Uh, obviously, congratulations to the Chiefs well, and Patrick Mahomes in the big moment that's a, getting that, there. That's the one but. thing I want to say. This, I think, this was one of Mahomes. People are saying, Mahomes, look at Mahomes' stats. Say, oh, he was terrible. But what, why I think Mahomes was actually very good, he, well, he did not have a good three and a half quarters. But to grind it out, to after having maybe the worst three and a half quarters of his entire career, all in one game, in the biggest stage, he just continued to grind it out. And not it wasn't always pretty, but it's sometimes when if you don't have your A stuff, and sometimes even if you don't have your B stuff, can you win with your C stuff? And Mahomes was able to just kind of Right, somehow almost will out, his way to the will win. his way will his team yeah to just and, do just enough to be able to get the win obviously the biggest win of his career in the Super Bowl but it's those moments you know in the Super Bowl and if you're in the fourth quarter and it's a competitive game those last three quarters go out the door no one cares what you did in the, the first three quarters short memory it's the it's the fourth quarter that matters that's where players that's where legacies are created and i think we saw one quarterback despite it despite it going pretty poorly he stepped up and he willed his team to victory and the other quarterback struggling to get his team to and the I promised think a land a big part of that is leadership we were just talking about it earlier mahomes never gave up he didn't have a moment of doubt in his mind this was his game to win all right, and he to- and he told his teammates that he got them all on the same page, and in the big moment he was able to execute. I absolutely agree with everything that you said. Something also impressive about Mahomes is that you know obviously he's I believe twenty four years old. He's only he's really only been a starter for two full years, but he you can already see his path to Canton, and really all he has to do is stuff the stat sheet. No, I mean you can't you know. Be not like not make the playoffs from here on out and expect to go to Canton, but when you think about it, he has two Pro Bowls. You look at Terry Bradshaw, great quarterback. He went to three. I mean, I'm not comparing him to any of these guys. I'm just comparing, you know, kind of, you know, some some aspects of their careers. He two seasons, two Pro Bowls for Mahomes, a full career for Bradshaw. He went to three. He's already got an MVP. You know, there are plenty of quarterbacks and who are either... Go- you know, Drew Brees is number one in MVP. Now, again, not comparing Mahomes to Drew Brees, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, he already has had a... You know, you look at his touchdowns and the yardage and what he's done in two years is insane. And then top that off with an AFC Championship game and a Super Bowl. And again, seeing he's 24 years old, that path to Canton... Isn't so murky. No, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with you. I think he'll be back there maybe quite a few times. Yeah, uh, that's I would one, think. That's but. the one thing I said to, to non-Chiefs fans, but fans who are rooting for the Chiefs. I said, Do you, you got tired of the Patriots winning, right? You know, they would say yes. And then I'd say, yeah, be careful what you wish for about the Chiefs. Because, you know, oh, you know they're a great story. Second time... In their franchise, winning the Super Bowl, third time making it, you know, good for them. Yeah, in about four years, five years, six years, I think, 
you know, it's 2020. I don't know, look in the next five to ten years. We might be a little sick and tired of the Chiefs. Now, Mahomes is an easy guy to root for. So is Andy Reid. But at the end of the day, we want to see new blood, new faces in the Super Bowl. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Mr. Number 15 for the Chiefs in it year after year. Yeah, um, that definitely, that definitely makes like he's going sense. He's he, going to go there. He'll get I mean, done. I think he could get 200 mil, too. More, maybe. Because he's I just mean, so young. This is, he's for, this is the first offseason he's eligible for an extension. But if I'm the Chiefs front office, if I'm Brett Veach, their GM, or Andy Reid, the head coach, I'm giving him a blank check, and I'm saying, you fill out the numbers. He is that special. And then, obviously, you incorporate the age and and all that. It's it's really insane what he's able to do in just two years and I don't really see, I don't see that talent, because he's just so talented. And what Andy Reid has been able to mold him into more, because when coming out of college, he was, he was much raw of a, of a prospect. He was, yeah, he was very raw. He obviously, he had the talent and the skill set, but he was kind of a high, high risk, high reward. He would throw a lot of touchdowns, a lot of yards, but he'd also throw a lot of interceptions. Sitting behind Alex Smith for that one year, really taking in everything, I think really helped him. Um, limit, you know, understand the game. And then obviously this, in his rookie year, he had, or I guess his first full year starting, because he sat behind Smith for that, um, for technically his rookie year, he had 12 picks in his first full year starting. That number, I know he missed a couple games, but that number was down to five. So, you know, maybe he didn't have as many yards or as many touchdowns, but when you cut your interceptions by seven, like Mahomes, like he did, that's insane, and if you're not turning the ball over, that makes your game even more deadly. No, definitely. Um, he's only gonna get better, and uh, the Chiefs definitely. Have Can he special. get better? Like, how do you? You know, there's a saying. You know, the the only way is up. Is there any more more room to go up for Mahomes? I mean, you know, I'm not saying he's gonna. The, the only way is down, but at the same time, you know, we all thought. He was going to regress, and he just cut down his interceptions. And I don't know what to say about this with Mahomes anymore. I'm at a loss for words. There's no one word to describe what Mahomes has done and what he will continue to be able to do. The, you know, the only thing stopping him, I think, is injuries. And I think for the sake of fans and the NFL as a whole, hopefully that doesn't happen. Yeah, um... So, are we at the point where... Well, it is February 29th, and we're just a couple, about two, two and a half weeks away from free agency. And we have a pretty, we have a pretty exciting class. I think... Very exciting. You know, so we're going to get right into it. We're going to talk about the quarterbacks first. Um, which quarterback do you want to start with? Because obviously we can go at the top, or we can kind of make our way to the top. We can also go with more of the obvious destinations. A guy I really like. I'm just going to throw the name to start with. is Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater. I knew you were going to say that. I knew Teddy Bridgewater. He went 5-0 with the Saints. Now, obviously, you know, Sean Payton, great coach. But I think Bridgewater can go to a place that maybe he, has lost the quarterback in free agency. Nah, he's definitely got a chip on his shoulder. He has something to prove. And he want he wants to make it known, but he's a starter in this league, and he's a quality one at that. I think he is, and I think going five and zero was a great showcase for teams that he's fully back from his horrible, gruesome knee injury. Because when he was the Vikings, the Vikings were on their way up with him. 
you know, they had made the playoffs, and it looks like they're in a great, um, in a great situation to right. kind of take the next step. And then Become obviously, contenders. Yeah, right. and then obviously he had dislocated his knee, I believe, towards ACL. It was terrible. And obviously he then kind of got sent behind. You know, he, it was a, what, two-year recovery. And then he was the backup to Breeze for a couple years. But I think the 5-0 and games, those games, he... He, he got, wants it. He's he hungry. Got, he also got better in every game. He got better in every game. He showed improvement in every game. So Especially I, as a thrower, too. He, you know, he was a very... I remember the Vikings. He was pretty eager to run. I think he was a little... Not super eager, but he... I I I okay. see him now okay. extending I, the play a little bit more, and I I I, I see him making. Well, also, he can't run as more as right. he can, but the knee injury may have had an effect on his running I, ability. I agree with that. I think it's for the better because now I see him. He's making. He's more accurate now. He's 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 maybe not because before it's like he's be not his first read's not there. He's able to scan the field quickly, find somebody else. And I, I think I've seen major improvement in his game in that regard. I'm excited for whatever team gets him. And I think he I don't I don't think for him it's a necessarily a fit thing. A fit always, you know, comes into account, but I think any team that needs a quarterback would love to have this guy. A team that you know the a team that keeps coming to my mind, I don't know about your shy. What if Brady leaves? Do the Patriots, you know, they have Jared Stenham, but he didn't really show he showed sometimes in preseason, but then when they put him in to wrap up some games, he didn't really show much. Do you think the Patriots could be interested in bringing in Teddy Bridgewater if Brady does decide to leave? I think it's it's definitely a possibility. Um, you know, obviously, I think their first priority is trying to get Tom Brady back. And that should be the first priority. Definitely. But, uh, but you have to have options in this league. I don't think Stidham is ready to be a starter. I don't think the Patriots want him to be their starter right now. And I think, you know, Bridgewater is definitely a great option. Um, I think he's he would, a great option for a lot of teams, though. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, Be- Belichick. You know, we've seen what he can do with guys, and Bridgewater's certainly he's also got still the pretty, talent. He's so. also still pretty young. You know, when you're talking about guys like Rivers and Brady, who are in their late thirties, early four. In Brady's case, would be forty three when the season begins. Bridgewater's a lot younger. And so, also you don't have to worry about a guy where you, you have to mold him. He's kind of already there, and you can sort of jump into the Patriot way and winning now. At the same time, I think there's room for growth. I think you can still develop him uh, in a positive way. Mm-hmm. You know, So I think Bridgewater, he's not getting a lot of attention, and I guess that could, it could be because of some of the more well-known and high-profile quarterbacks who are available on the open market. But I think in a lot of years, Bridgewater might be the best quarterback, you know, in the free agent class. So, uh, you know, he's not getting a lot of attention, or uh, not as much as he probably should deserve. So, uh, Bridgewater, I think, is one of the more intriguing names on the, on the block, just because, you know, I want, we really, it's really a mystery to see where he goes. With some of the quarterbacks, we have an idea. I really don't know where Teddy Bridgewater is going to go. Yeah, if I'm back to the New England Patriots, if I'm the New England Patriots... I'm saying if I don't get TB12, I'm looking at Teddy Bridgewater because I think he fits, you know, fit, I think, fit a great fit for a lot of teams. But the Patriots are good. They have that short passing game. I think he fits nicely into that. And 
I I I like I I think he can fit in that scheme well as a passer now. So. Yeah, so I think I'm really excited to see where Bridgewater goes, and I wish him the best because he you know he with the injury it was terrible. He was really climbing up the ranks. Uh, so I wish him the best. Hopefully, he can kind of get back to maybe not exactly how he was before injury because that's obviously gonna be, gonna be tough, but at least a version of uh, how he was kind of before that gruesome injury because we know he has the capability to lead to get get a team into the playoffs. So let's talk about Dak Prescott. And obviously he might be the most desired quarterback in this free agent class. The only thing is he won't be available. Right. So kind of before we get into and this will be related to Dak, there are two types of tags. You have the transition tag, you have the franchise tag. And within the franchise tag, I'm pretty sure there are two types of franchise tags. You have the exclusive franchise tag, which means if you place the exclusive franchise tag on someone, that player cannot speak with any team whatsoever. Then you have the non-exclusive franchise tag, which you can you place that. Players can technically speak with other teams, and usually this is the tag that actually is given to players. But we talk about it like they're not going to, they're not going to speak with teams and they're going to stay with their current team because the team has the right to match the offer. And if they don't match the offer, I think the team that ends up signing the player has to forfeit two first round picks, which is a ton of draft capital that maybe very few guys. I mean, we've seen it like, you know, Cleo Mack, uh, I think. Possibly Jalen Ramsey may have been two first-round picks. I think Laramie Tunsil. But we very rarely see uh, guys traded for two first-round picks. So that's why even if we're given, even if a player is given the non-exclusive franchise tag, um, you still very rarely see, or I don't think you've ever seen, that player still negotiate with other teams. So anyway, Dak Prescott, interestingly, was given the exclusive franchise tag which I didn't know this. Cowboys aren't taking any chances. <laughs> no, they are not. But which I did not know this. But I think according to Ian Rappaport, based on the numbers he was saying, he said it was going to be roughly thirty three million dollars for that one year deal. Which um is, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm pretty sure that's more than the actual than the or not actual, but than the non exclusive, which mm. I thought was initially twenty five roughly million uh, on the one year deal. So. That, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Um, he, what do you think of? Because they want, they both want a long term deal. Cowboys want him long term. Dak wants to sign a long term, but they haven't spoken really since before the season started. Before, before I get to that, I just want to ask you a question real quick. Do you think that a team, supposing this hypothetical, a team would give two first round picks for Dak? Yeah. I don't know if I would. Um, at the same time, though, if you really need a quarterback, and maybe you are a, if, if you really truly are, and we don't see it a lot, you have a tremendous defense, tremendous run game, tremendous, tremendous everywhere but the quarterback. Possibly, it also depends on where you're picking, what are your expectations for this upcoming season, so where you might pick next offseat or in the next, in the 2021 NFL draft. He's young. I believe he's only 26, if that. So I think that's obviously a reason why a team might give up two first-round picks. But I would have a very hard time seeing it. I, I don't think a team would. And that's not, a, that's not a knock against Dak. 
that's just saying in general, like draft capital is very valuable. Right, it's I understandable. think. I mean, there might only be one, and you have to add the fact that you're going to pay him this long term deal agreed. That too, that too, which is likely going to be a lot of money, which is because he's asking for which might a lot. might be more than Russell Wilson. It might reset the market, and again. When we say when I say it might be more than Russell Wilson, I'm not saying Dak's the second best quarter or the greatest quarterback in the NFL right now, or the best quarterback it's in the NFL. It's just the way the quarterback market is trending right yeah. now. You it's kind of the, the next. It's like the next man up will reset them. Now Mahomes will blow the market out of the water when he gets his deal, but Dak is aiming for around probably Russell Wilson got thirty five million, so he's probably aiming for thirty six, thirty seven plus a year. So what do you think of him? A, getting tagged, which I think is, you know, very well known early in the process. Everyone knew he was getting tagged. And then second, paying him $33 million and maybe how do you think this will affect contract negotiations between the two sides? So, I, if I'm the Cowboys now, I do not give him the, I think giving him an exclusive tag is a mistake. I think, one, you need that cap space. Right, because you're gonna be trying to sign. They do have a ton of cap space, though. I know, but they are right. near the top in cap space. Despite right. signing Demarcus Lawrence and Lyle Collins and Zach Martin, they are near the top in cap space. But it's also true that they have a number <laughs> of guys: Amari Cooper, Byron Jones, uh, Robert Quinn, Xavier Woods. I also believe. Possibly, I think they might target a safety in the draft, though. Could very well be. I'm. Um, I'm just saying. They've got. They've certainly got. They've got some holes to fill, yeah. and some people to to bring back should they want to. So I think there's one part into it. Another thing is, it if it was a mistake in my opinion to pay Ezekiel Elliott, who had tears left on his deal, before paying Dak Prescott, who the quarterback's the most position, most important and valuable position in my opinion in all of sports, and running back just isn't. Well, it seems like they'll have the cap space to do it, but I don't they know will. how comfortable... You take care of the quarterback first, I, in my I, opinion. I think that's a Especially when Zeke point. would not have been a free agent until, like, next year. This is a whole other debate, but... It is. <laughs> I'm going to try and stay on topic. Um, the... I think... This is... They, 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 they want... They want this... They both want the long-term deal, but if I'm the Cowboys, I'm not comfortable... This, right now, giving him... This upper 30, echelon $36 million. million would you pay him deal. $30 million for a long-term deal? Four or five years, $30 million probably, a year? Probably. Probably. That's honestly. where you're comfortable? That's that kind where, of... I'm, where I'm comfortable. I don't think Dak is comfortable. That I think he wants more. Which is I, kind of understandable. Because you're seeing what Jared Goff got, what Carson Wentz got. Guys who, Are they worth it? Probably not. I mean, Wentz has the potential to be worth it, but with his injuries... I don't really think he's worth it. Yeah. But again, we talk about it's that next man up. It's not always your exact worth. It's always like, you know, especially at the quarterback position, you know, teams will overpay for a good quarterback. We've seen yeah. it in many cases. It's understandable, but I don't think you overpay that much. I think this is it, the franchise takes a nice, you know, even if they don't reach a long term deal, I don't see Dak holding out. I think it. I think quarterbacks it, rarely hold out. Right. So I and I don't think he's gonna forfeit twenty five million dollars or in this case or in this case possibly thirty three. I would have given him twenty five because you get a nice twenty one year twenty five million dollar prove it deal. If if he performs well, takes him to the postseason, maybe they win a game. You say okay, you're young, 
We see that we see what you got. But, let's give him this. Let's give him this deal with thirty six million dollars. Then I'm comfortable with it. At this point, I'm not there. I need I need to see one more year point, when they though, get to the postseason. At that point, what if Watson has signed an extension? What if Mahomes has signed an extension for thirty six, thirty seven, possibly in Mahomes' case forty million? And then also, what if other teams are willing to? Pay no, that's him? a great point, but I think that's a risk. If I'm the Cowboys, that I'm willing to take, and you gotta hope that Dak's gonna be reasonable. In that regard, about knowing that bo- that these guys are are better than he is. Also, even if Dak won't hold out, you still he still I don't think will be pleased with the organization. I think there might be some. Um, it's it's a business. Though. Part it is business. The NFL. That's a, a tough decision to make. It's not a decision. You know there are pros and cons to both, but that's a decision I would make. You know. If I'm Jerry Jones. Either way, Dak Prescott is going nowhere. He is staying with the Dallas Cowboys. And a guy, uh, Drew Brees is also, Drew Brees will not get franchise tag by the Saints, but he's also staying with New Orleans on a one or, probably a one or two year deal. So we're not really going to talk about Drew Brees. Saying, although this could, this year could be his last chance to win a Super Bowl. He almost retired this year. So, let's talk about, um, let's talk about Marcus Mariota. That's a fascinating. You know where I like to see him go? Chicago. Hmm. Because you know what happened to Mariota in Tennessee? They signed Tannehill, a guy who had shown signs of success. You know, they they did go to the playoffs. Maybe he's going to be the Tannehill to uh, to Trubisky. Yes, I think he could be what Tannehill did to him. He could be be the Tannehill to to, Trubisky. Because, you know, or at least provide competition to Bears. Obviously, they haven't really well, said it, but there are rumors in... they want a veteran backup, which makes sense. There are rumors they're interested in trading for Andy Dalton from Cincy. Which, no, I know, but I think Mariona and like Dalton have, like, the same... Mariona's also younger, um, I'm I don't, sure. I, I agree with you that I like the fit better for Mariota in Chicago than I do with Andy Dalton. But even so, I really think they should take a veteran quarterback, a quarterback who has had, you know, some success. Mariota, remember, he won a playoff game. Mariota beat the Kansas. This was before Mahomes, obviously, but Mariota beat the Chiefs in a playoff game. Okay, let's let's not pretend that they've been like three and thirteen every year he's been at the helm. Like sure. they've been somewhat competitive to an extent with him at quarterback. All right. So I think you bring in a guy like an Andy Dalton, like a Marcus Mariota, to the point where you push Trubisky, and if he struggles, now Mariota can. You can plug Mariota in, see how he does, and maybe he's in a good system, and he rejuvenizes his career, and all of a sudden now his stock is going up. Something like that. What do, what do you think of Mariota's case? Because I don't think he's not, he's not going to be handed a starting job anywhere, but I think he'll be in some places, he'll be able to compete for a starting job or be the backup, but at first mistake by the starter could be pushed into the starting role. I'm going to throw up some teams here. The LA Chargers, maybe. Or perhaps the Colts. Yeah, I was thinking or... I was thinking the Colts. The only thing about the Chargers and Colts for me mm-hmm. is the Bears have kinda said Trubisky's our guy, so I don't really I, I could be wrong, but I don't expect them to make an to draft a, they don't have a first round pick, so they're mm-hmm. not gonna draft one of the top quarterbacks and I don't expect them to be on the market for some of the other quarterbacks. I could see, we'll talk about it later, but I could see Rivers going to Indy. I could see the Colts possibly drafting Jordan Love. I've I've heard Chris Ballard's been on Jordan Love for the last two years in at Utah. So 
And the Chargers, I think, could be players for... I think they could draft Jordan Love or Justin Herbert at six. They could trade up. So, Mariota, I think, could be a good fit for those two teams. But I think those two teams are going to make more significant... Possibly more significant moves at the quarterback position when the Bears are really just look when the Bears situation won't change much other than adding in um, Mariota esque type player quarterback. Yeah, he'll. I think there's a lot of places where he can go. The where, Bears just really at least stick out to me as a possibility. Right. Um. So there's a lot of places he can go. He's definitely a unique position. Um. But we'll definitely see. A guy that I really want to talk about is Philip Rivers. Yeah. Well, for me, there's two destinations. I wonder if well, my main destination is one of them. But go ahead. The Colts, I think. Okay. Because, well, you look at it. Who's their head coach? Frank Wright. He was Philip Rivers' offensive coordinator. Who's, their, who's the Colts' offensive coordinator? Who is it now? It's um, Nick Serini. Nick Serini, right. And Nick Serini was, I believe, Philip Rivers' quarterback's coach. So he's very familiar with the coaching staff. Very familiar with the offensive playbook. The Colts, Chargers have not, Chargers have, have had great skill positions, but their online has stunk. Mm. Colts have won the best online in football. I believe they either have the most cap space or the second most cap space behind Miami, and I think they're finally going to start spending some. So, to me, the Colts make a lot of sense. And you look, they have a pretty well-rounded team. They're the quarterback away. Yeah, and Brissett was okay. But that's not going to He cut had it. games where he played well. He had games where he didn't play well. So I think they need... And, look, Philip Rivers is a risk, especially at this age. But I think with the team they have, this team is going to be one of the best teams in the AFC. This team is going to be very competitive in the AFC before Luck retired. And I think kind of having to plug um, Brissett in, you know, they didn't really... Know, it was their only option... So, I, I, Philip Rivers to the Colts makes a ton of sense for me. And then the second destination is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's my... Because, in case you hadn't heard, he permanently moved from San Diego, and he moved his family to Florida. And you look at the teams. The Jaguars have Gardner Minshew, and they're paying Nick Foles $22 million a year. So, signing Rivers Doesn't would create more chaos, and I would be confused. The Dolphins are in full rebuild mode and are looking probably to draft and develop a quarterback, whether that's Tua, Tagovailoa, hopefully I pronounced his name right, <laughs> Justin Herbert, or even Jordan Love. So I think they're rebuilding. They want to get young, build, you know, a 30, I mean, I mean, they have Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's an ageless wonder, but uh, bringing in another veteran like Rivers doesn't make sense. So you go to the third team located in Florida, it's the Buccaneers. Rivers loves to chuck it. Arians, their, Bruce Arians, their head coach. Loves quarterbacks who chuck it. They have Chris Godwin, uh, possibly O.J. Howard if they don't trade him, Mike and Evans. Mike Evans. You know, they're de- they had a great run defense. They have, uh, I think, a solid amount of cap space. They should have, I, I don't know the exact numbers, but they have a solid amount of cap space probably. And, uh, you know, so I think the Buc- Buccaneers and the Colts from here are the two destinations that make the most sense. Obviously, you, I kind of heard your ears perk up when you heard me say the Buccaneers. So I kind of get into what do you think of the Bucks as a destination and why maybe you disagree with the Colts? Well, I'll start with the Colts. I don't think I disagree with the Colts. I think it's I think it's familiar with the, the coaching staff. It's a great point. But I I think the I don't think Philip Rivers wants to move his, move his family again. 
you know, he's making this commute. That makes sense. He has nine kids. <laughs> that's not something he wants to do. I think he likes the, the the familiarity there, but I don't think that's something he's willing to do at this point. Um, so at that's the same the time, reasons. though, the one thing we... You know, we were talking about Legacy earlier. The one thing Rivers is missing is the Super Bowl. And, of course, in my opinion, have they have, with the right quarterback are a more complete team and are better equipped to make a Super Bowl run than the Buccaneers. I, I, I agree. I just think that the system that the Colts run is using, getting behind that O-line, running the football, and then just throwing it not as sort of... They're a run-first team, I think, at this point. The Colts? I think... I, I think so, but again, though, we didn't. they didn't have... A Philip Rivers and Andrew Luck there. They had Jacoby Brissett, who's fine. But they were run first team with Andrew Luck, I think. So okay, I mean, it could be due to their great online, but I think knowing having a guy like Rivers who doesn't get injured, and I also could help. think that that pe- a lot of think people are scared away from Philip Rivers because of the turnovers. He looked like a completely different quarterback last year. At the and same time, though, that's not Frank Reich and Nick Sirianni know him. They, they were his offensive coaches. You know, back, I think, when they were the San Diego Chargers. Back, might, back then, though. But back when Rivers was having some very good, at least statistical years. If I'm, if I'm the Colts, I want a young guy that I can mold and that I can develop. Jacoby Brissett's not it. I, I, I get the, that. I just think this team is, with the exception of the possible the quarterback position, I think this team is should... It's not a great division. It's a good division. There are a lot of good teams, but there's not like a team that really stands out in that division. So I think, given you know, kind of the circumstances there, and I think with the right quarterback, this team is in win now mode. I think that's true, but I I don't, you know, why why wouldn't they go after? I mean, it's another team that can that can go after Teddy Bridgewater. I'd much rather have Teddy Bridgewater in that system than than Philip Rivers. He fits it better. I don't want I don't want to risk Philip Rivers. You know throwing three picks a game. I mean, obviously, he's had some really poor games this season. He, he's taken the, the deep throw and double help. coverage versus a wide-open sh- target in the short game. O-line, I think, will also help, though. It will help, but I, I don't... I don't... If I'm Frank Reich, that's not a risk I'm going to take, even though, if, if you know him, I think Tampa Bay... Not even on a one- or two-year deal. You can still draft and develop a quarterback behind Philip Rivers. I know, I know. I'm just thinking... I think the, the, the stars align more in Tampa Bay. Okay. With, Let's, go, yeah. Let's go to... Uh, we can talk about uh, three more quarterbacks. Let's go to Jameis Winston. <laughs> you want to talk about a lot of touchdowns and a lot of interceptions? Uh, Winston, I really don't know. I could see if Tam- I could see Tampa bringing him back. But from... I don't know, though. Well, I, I really don't know, know where Winston is going if Tampa does, decides to go in a different direction. I think Bruce Arians is frankly frustrated uh, with Jameis Winston. I don't think <laughs> if we can win with this quarterback, we can definitely win with another one. Yeah, those I, are the words of Bruce Arians. Yeah, I I don't think that 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 they're that one. I don't think he's going to get the thirty million dollars a year that he wants, and I don't think Tam- one million every interception. Right, exactly. So I I don't think it's it makes sense. I don't think it. Uh, well, if, so if you don't think he's going to Tampa, where do you think he's going to go? Because I really don't know. I don't really know either. Well, he left the NFL in yards this year, <laughs> right? Over five thousand, but at the same time, he also by far led in interceptions. So, you know, where's he? 
Yeah, I think Tampa is be- is his best chance to possibly be a starter. Obviously, we know he has he actually has a pretty good skill set. It's just about not you know being taking more care of the Duke. Yeah, you know, I would I would say the Chargers, but I don't think they're willing to no, I, give I don't, them a chance. I don't see the Chargers, and I I I think the the likelihood his age is playing on his side compared to some of these guys, but I don't I don't really know. I I think at this point it looks like he'll. He'll likely be a backup and or or give competition to someone and maybe earn a try to earn a starting job. Yeah. Um. But uh, we'll, I, we'll see. We'll see. I'm not. I don't know. I'm right now. Something's telling me that he he will go back to Tampa. Mm. But if he doesn't, I just don't know where. Neither. I I wish I had an answer for you. Not nothing. Nothing really comes to mind for me. But uh, I he'll have a job somewhere. He will. No question. No, he'll be. A, he'll be. But... He'll have a job, and I think he'll have a chance to potentially compete for the starting job. Somewhere. Right. I just don't think he'll be the guaranteed starter by any means. By any. You know. right. Let's talk about Ryan Tannehill. I think he's going back to Tampa. I or, sorry, not Tampa, Tennessee. I think Tennessee might even franchise him. Completely agree. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> that situation just worked out so beautifully with him and Vrabel. Now the Titans could be a sneaky Brady team. So let's go to Tom Brady right now. I want I really just want to say Brady is the last quarterback cuz he's the he's you know we're everyone's on Brady watch. Yeah. Know? We kind of saw you know like Kawhi watch, LeBron watch in in the NBA. Now everyone's on Brady watch. So where's he going? I think there are a lot of teams that could potentially make sense. But do you see him leaving New England? We've had, we Montana left, Favre left. Peyton was kind of forced out because of injury, but he was on multiple teams in his career. Do you see Brady following some of the other greats in terms of playing for multiple teams? I really... I try, I want to. I really want to see it. <laughs> As a Steelers fan, you would hate... Yeah, but, you're pulling for it. Yeah, but... And I'm hearing that... that Jeff, Dar- Jeff Darlington of ESPN came on Get Up and said, this is a quote... I would be stunned if he left, or sorry, if he went, if he returned to New England. He would be stunned. I mean, Jeff Darlington isn't some. If he returned to New England. If he returned, he said he would be stunned if he returned to New England. And apparently, at the combine, we are in the middle of the NFL combine in Indianapolis, and there's a growing sense of more and more quote like strong buzz that this is legitimate. He really is heavily considering leaving the only place he's known. Yeah. I... I think if he leaves, it's going to be to a place like the Chargers, possibly the Raiders if they're ready to move Raiders. on from Carr. But I think the Chargers make the most sense. The only him. thing, that online, that online isn't good. That online is not good. Well, it, I don't know how... It's mediocre, but the injuries have really plagued it. Yeah. I... I was kind of looking at... I think the Chargers make a lot of sense just because of their skill positions. Um, I, the Titans make sense because their GM, John Robinson, worked in the Patriots front office. Their head coach, Mike Rabel, was actually a player for Tom Brady. He actually was a linebacker for the New England Patriots during the Brady era or and his tenure. He won Super Bowls with Brady in New England. And when you look at if they do bring... You know, if they don't bring Tannehill back, then they can bring maybe Derrick Henry back. 
They have a good home line. Their defense was pretty was pretty solid. Maybe they can also bring back Logan Ryan, who's played with Tom Brady. So the Titans, I think at the end of the day, the Titans will end up either franchising or in some way, shape, or form bringing Tannehill back. But if they don't, I think the Titans could make a lot of sense for Brady. What do you think of the Colts? Because, again, I know maybe they do want to develop a young quarterback. But, again, good online. T.Y. Hilton, they have some weapons. Frank Wright, good, o- Frank Wright, good offensive mind. I think the Colts makes more sense than the Titans, in my opinion. Just Fair. because I think they're going to ride with Tannehill. I don't see them not riding with Tannehill. I agree. Almost I think at the end of the day, they're going necessary. with Tannehill. They're going with Tannehill. I just think from a... Oh, when you if look Tannehill at, was out of the picture somehow, then you would... Then I think they would make a lot sense, of sense. But he's not. <laughs> then I think... I think Indianapolis, they have the, the, their schemes are similar. The O-line is great, as you mentioned. Um, good good offensive mind there. I, I, I like the fit. I think they're a quarterback away, and then they have a chance to develop someone, too, if they uh, decide to go that direction with the 13th pick. Um, the Chargers make the most sense, I think. I think there would be a great connection with him and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. I think those Hunter Henry, if they decide I, to bring him back, I just I I think the only issue there is the offensive line. Otherwise, it almost seems like a picture perfect fit. Should he decide to leave New England, um, the Raiders could be there, but I don't know. I don't know how well he would fit with Gruden's scheme. Um, yeah. But uh, I, if you had to ask me right now, if I had to bet on it, I would say he's probably Pro- staying in New England. Yeah, that seems like the safest bet, but who knows. So, really quickly, I'm gonna, we're going to just kind of go through some of the franchise tag guys. Guys who will be, we kind of already talked about Prescott, but guys who will probably be franchise tag. Chris Jones, Chiefs, defensive tackle, expected to be franchise tag. Makes sense. He's, he's I believe, 25, super young. He's coming off back-to-back stellar seasons. Really, the, the force in that Chiefs defense. The only question is, remember last year they franchised D Ford and traded him. Do you see a tr- uh, tag and trade with Chris Jones and the Chiefs? You know, I really don't. I really don't. Yeah. Um, he's, he's worth the money. He's worth the money. He's a leader on that defensive front. Um, he's just a hole. Like, there's no hole in the line. He, like, he secures it. Yeah. You know? Right. He's a big body. Safety, Broncos, Justin Simmons. It looks like they're going to franchise tag him. Agree or not? I agree. He's a yeah. playmaker. That's what they need. He had, I believe, he had like fifteen passes defended, which is absurd. It looks like picks. I thought four, four, but still great number, especially for a safety. He's getting better and better. Pretty sure he's young. Also, they might be losing Chris Harris Jr. in in their secondary, so that secondary still might be getting weaker. Um, Hunter Henry. Let's talk about Hunter Henry. Uh, Chargers. Should they franchise him? Because remember, the tight the tight end number won't be as large as some of these other numbers are. You know, I think if I'm I you should, the question was should they or will they? I think they're go. I've seen reports that that's what they're leaning towards. But should they? No. No. Okay. Uh, I I would favor Hunter Henry over Melvin Gordon, who's also a free agent, because they have Eckler. They have Eckler. I would favor Hunter Henry over Melvin Gordon too, but I think that was kind of just a follow up question. But yeah. Right. I well, I, it's it should be a good tight end market because. Austin Hooper's also available. AJ Green, Bengals. He missed the entire year due to an injury, and I, he's getting up there. I don't think I would tag him, but sure, looking like since he has other plans. I don't think since he's gonna tag him. 
I think these are based on reports that I've read and seen. So I'm not making. I'm you know I'm not an insider or anything. But from what I've read on different you know apps and you know reporters, I've seen that you know this is what I've read. So I've read that he might get tagged with his age and his injury history, and then moving in maybe a younger direction. I personally would not tag him. Yeah, I don't like that move at all. I think if he gets tagged, I would not be surprised. There's a trade request. It- yeah. All right. Matthew Judon Ravens, a lot of people think this could be a prime tag and trade candidate. I don't think so. I think he's staying in Baltimore. Yeah, but are they going to tag him and just not trade him? I think that's likely. Okay, so he gets the tag. Um, and remember, all these guys, all, all franchise tags are one-year deal, but you can extend them. So, um, who? Oh, um, Yannick Ngakwe for the Jaguars. I, I think he's, I think he should get tagged. It's close, but because also they they released cap space, they got rid of Malik Jackson's contract about a year ago, seemed... and they just got rid of I think was it Marcel Darius? Yes, that's. Good. They got rid of his contract too, so they're cleaning cap space. At the same time, though, that D line isn't as strong, so I think they're going to tag Yannick, and I believe he's really he's only like twenty four or something, so he's really young. I think I would tag Yannick. I'm smelling a long term deal here. I think. Do you think they get come to terms before in two weeks? They've until March twelfth before the tag window's closed. So you think they're gonna agree to a deal before they even tag him, not after they tag him? I don't him. know, but I think I see him staying in Jacksonville. I see him staying in Jacksonville on a long term deal. This could be before or after he hits open market. Yeah. All right. Let's go to your guy, Bud Dupree. I don't. I haven't seen really much action on Bud Dupree. The classic Steelers. <laughs> um, but, but you think you think they're gonna tag him? I, I, I was a little surprised to hear that. I the Steelers would never let other teams. They oh they'll let them, but they I mean if they get two first round picks, great. But um, they're they're not gonna be willing to do that. They're gonna tag him, and then by that point they'll try to um, after they tag him, they'll try to try to reach a long term deal. Um, if not, they'll probably see if he'll sign the franchise yeah. tender. Hopefully, won't have another Le'Veon Bell situation. But uh, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think it'll get that bad, or yeah. that ugly. I should say. Uh, our last tag candidate, Shaquille Barrett, kind of was with Denver, didn't do anything. He goes to Tampa, and all of a sudden leads the league with nineteen and a half sacks. Would you tag him? Because he was tremendous, and you also just because you tag someone doesn't mean you have to agree to a long term deal. So they this could kind of be a see if that season was an outlier, or did you really turn the corner? Would you tag Shaquille Barrett if you're the Buccaneers? I would absolutely tag Shaquille Barrett. You would? No question in my mind. Okay. So now, what do you... So we're going to talk talk about maybe some of the other non-quarterbacks, non-tag candidates. Amari Cooper. What do you think What do you think his market... I think he's going to have a pretty good market. Oh, great market. He's the best receiver in this free agent class. The, um, I don't see him leaving da- da- Dallas. Dallas. I don't they see have a lot of money, Dallas. so they can afford both. Um, that's where this kind of the CBA comes in because right now you actually can use one franchise tag and one transition tag. And normally you can only use one or the other, but because it's the last year of the collective bargaining agreement between the NFL and the NFL Players Association, you can actually use both. Now, there's a chance that that will, you know, the players and player or the player representatives and owners agreed on a new CBA. They're just waiting for the whole all the players to vote, and if that goes through, then it's back to one. So we'll see if that affects something. So a Coop, Cooper, as of now, could also be transition tagged with Prescott getting franchised, but that could also go away. So 
Cooper's going to get a huge... I think he's going to get a large deal. I'm not saying he's better than Michael Thomas, but he could challenge Thomas, especially if he's not transition tagged, because you have multiple suitors for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't see him leaving Dallas. I think the transition tag is likely, um, unless a new deal is reached between the Players Association and the NFL. Um, I think... I just think... I, I don't see him going anywhere else, but I do think the market will be big, and I think it's a big deal. Eric Armstead, defense tackle with the Niners, was had shown signs, but this was the first year he really came onto the scene. A little like Shaquille Barrett in Tampa. What There have been rumors that they might tag him in San Francisco. If you're the Niners, do you try to keep all that great defensive line tag? Because remember, they do have Solomon Thomas, who was better this year, so they do have depth along that defensive line. I'm not sure how much money the their tag would be right now. Um, well, it depends if I, he's... I think he'd be listed as an, a defensive tackle, which I believe is $15 million? Yeah, I'm not willing to tag him. Not tag him. Do you think they um, can... But do you think he can return on maybe a longer-term deal that's I not at that price tag? I think he's maybe a candidate for a transition tag. Transition tag. Yeah. That the, And transition tag is basically a tag where... Um, it's a set amount of money, but then the player can negotiate with other teams. It's basically like the non-exclusive, but then you can so you can still match the offer. But then if you choose not to, there's no picks going back in return. There's yeah. no compensation. I think transition tag makes sense. I'm trying to if I'm them, I'm trying to reach a one or two year extension, um, uh, or new deal with him. I think you'd like to bring him back, but it's certainly not a must have with that stack. Uh, not your defensive front. Jadavian Clowney, I think he's going to get overpaid. Because he, he always has the skill set and the traits to to be great. And we've seen in games like when they played the Seahawks played the Niners earlier this year where he just completely took over. But then at the same time, he, you know, he outside that game, he never really shown any, any signs that that thing wasn't a fluke. What do you think of Jadavian Clowney? Because I think he'll have a big market, especially with all these other pass rushers getting franchised. Um, I think he's of a big market. He'll be overpaid. Twenty. He might get twenty million a year. Nothing he should, but I think that's what he will yeah, get because yeah. of the position. Because of the positional value. I think he's overrated at his position. <laughs> I think he's not consistent. I think that you know he'll get paid because of the position, but. Um, I really, that's really all I have. <laughs> what do you think of the cornerbacks? Byron Jones, Chris Harris Jr. I think they're both going to get paid. Yeah. Especially Byron Jones. Because Cowboys can't afford, Cowboys basically have come out and said that they're going to let him hit free agency because they can't afford everyone. Yeah, I think uh, Chris Harris will probably get. For the uh, Broncos, just to clear Chris Harris, Yes, for the Broncos, will probably get. One or two year deal. Really? Yeah. I think it could get. I think it could get a long term deal. Think I think so? it could. I was maybe not five years. More but of like a previous still got it deal. And then really interesting. Interesting. Maybe not like a, like a, like a one year, but like a good chunk of money. Okay. So in Byron Jones, I think he's gonna get paid. No, he'll he's get. He's young. Deal. He's getting better. He's shown to be a number one type cornerback. And then our last player, a kind of guy I forgot to name in our tag candidates. Brandon Sheriff, the guard for the Washington Redskins, do you think there have been reports that he might get tagged? Because I hadn't seen anything about him, and I always forgotten. He's been, for some reason, not getting any um, deserved attention. It could be because we have all these other great free agents. What do you think of Brandon Sheriff? I think he's going to have a nice market if they don't, the Redskins don't tag him. 
He's a guard, not a tackle, so that price might be a little lower. I actually think the Redskins should tag him. He's one of the best guards in the NFL, and he's still pretty young. I absolutely agree. Well, that's all the time we have on Game Time Podcast. Uh, Watch the NFL Combine. It continues today, ends tomorrow, and be up to date with the latest CBA news. I'm Alex Rubinson. And I'm Shai Dweck. See you next time on Game Time Podcast.